0: Hey, what's up everybody, the Fish Tank Guy here, and welcome back to the Fish Tank Guy podcast. It's been a little while, today is Sunday, October 25th of 2020, and the last time that I recorded a podcast was, let me look here, Um, it was August 29th. Not too bad, right? August 29th, 2019, over a year ago. So uh, for those of you who are still listening or have started listening or have uh, picked up where we left off last last time over a year ago, thank you guys so much for tuning in and checking out the podcast. Today's gonna be a little uh jumbled i guess you could say i'm just gonna try to talk about some random things i do have a uh, kind of a fun aquarium topic to talk about this week which is a new tank that is just hitting the market this week so i think that's going to be something fun to talk about i'm gonna do my five movie reviews uh in five minutes or less feature uh it's going to be focusing on halloween type Movies? Scary movies? Horror movies, you could say. So that's going to be fun. Uh, I've been watching a lot of scary movies with the family lately, because that's what we do in October, so that's been a good time. And also, uh, you know, just kind of random topics here or there. I want to tell you guys uh, straight up front a few things I will not be talking about. I'm not going to be talking about politics, because... Who hasn't had enough of politics at this point in time? And I'm also not going to be talking about masks and the coronavirus and all of that uh, stuff that has been going on since March of this year, as all of you probably know. So we're going to avoid those things. You guys are listening to the podcast here to uh, hear about things other than the stuff we are slammed with on a daily basis. So uh, first off... uh, a little bit about the podcast. So, for those of you who are new, uh, this is actually the 18th episode of the podcast that I'm going to be recording. I've done 17 other episodes, I wanted to do them bi weekly. That is completely unrealistic for me given how busy I am. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to do this once a month. I feel like once a month is much more reasonable and something that I'll be able to keep up with. So, uh, if you are tuning in for the first time or you are a listener who has, uh, checked out the podcast before, stick with me, going to go for once a month, that'll give you guys a little bit of, uh, you know, your aquarium fix there, you know, um, on a fairly regular basis. So, uh, basically, you know, I am, I go by the name of the fish tank guy, but, my channel is something that I gear towards beginners and people who are just starting in the saltwater hobby. Because at this point in time, I probably have roughly, I want to say, eight years of experience in the saltwater hobby, which may seem like a lot. But compared to folks who really know what they're doing and know all of the coral and all the fish and you know everything you need to keep a certain coral and everything you need to do to maintain your aquarium perfectly and have balanced chemicals and and you do dosing and all these other things i'm a far cry from that uh, the other thing that i want to say i'm a far cry from is going out and telling my viewers to purchase the most expensive equipment the best equipment they can get uh, because let's face it, you know, not everybody has hundreds of dollars to dump into an aquarium. And I found that even years into the, you know, saltwater hobby, the, the the reefing hobby, that, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I actually went to a new local fish store that i had never been to from out of town. So I guess it's not local, it's kind of It's local to there, but not local to me, if you know what I mean. So anyway, I went to this local fish store, and I was talking to them a little bit about my Fluval Evo 13.5-gallon aquarium. And just kind of, you know, I was looking at a certain coral, and I proposed the question. I said, "You uh, you know, I've never had this type of coral before. You know, what kind of lighting would you recommend? Would you say that it's got, you know, low lighting needs, moderate, or high? And... The person working there basically said, well, I can't answer that question for you because there's no such thing as low, medium, and high lighting. Okay, so, yeah, I mean, I get that, right? Especially with LED lights, Uh, lighting has become very difficult to put into categories, and I understand that. And as somebody who has been in the hobby, I knew what he was referring to, and I kind of knew how to respond to him but I try to put myself in the shoes of somebody who doesn't have much experience and is going into one of those stores and ask a question like that because that's what they've seen on the internet. And if somebody were to give me that kind of answer, being a person with not much reef experience, I would kind of be caught off guard. Uh, I would feel stupid by that answer, right? Well, I can't tell you because low medium and highlighting doesn't exist, right? I would feel stupid. Um, and I would definitely feel like I was being talked down to. And even in that position, I felt like I was being talked down to. So one of the reasons that I wanted to start my channel in the first place is that I wasn't able to find a lot of, I'll call it layman's terms, information about saltwater tanks online when I first started my BioCube, my 29 gallon BioCube. So that's when I said to myself, this might be an opportunity to help some people out Uh, It might be a fun opportunity to document my journey and, you know, help people along the way, show people that they can do it, show people that it doesn't have to cost an arm and a leg, show people that they don't have to know everything, because let's face it, anybody who's been a part of this hobby, they don't know everything. They still don't know everything. I don't care if you've been in the hobby for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, you'll still encounter things that you haven't seen before. So that being said, that's where I got my start from. This is the Fish Tank Guy podcast, but my primary way of communicating with folks in the community, uh, uh, the internet community, I guess you could say, is through my YouTube channel, which is also just called the Fish Tank Guy. So if you're tuning into this and you want to see a little bit of what I'm about, you can go check out the YouTube channel. It is the Fish Tank Guy, and I've got a bunch of videos up there, some of them aren't the greatest advice some of them are pretty good advice Um, a lot a lot of my older videos are kind of silly to watch them because i did things wrong but look that's like part of this hobby and you know i've been lucky to have people reach out to me who wanted to start a fish tank and they asked me questions and you know i did my best to give them reasonable answers and you know they later came back and they said like hey you, you know you really you know helped me to have some confidence that I could do this, that I could start a tank. And I really enjoy it. And I have fun with it. And I get something out of it. And that is all I'm trying to accomplish. I'm also trying to give people good advice. And I'm trying to give people, like I said, reasonable advice. So just as a follow up to that conversation uh, with that guy in the local fish store, when I spoke with him, and he told me that and I came back, I said, Okay, yeah, I mean, I know, Right, that there's no such thing as low, medium, and high, but kind of like I got annoyed. Right, just answer the question. You know what, you know what I meant. Just answer the question. Don't get on your high horse and explain to me all about the par values and spectrum values and you know, uh, red, green, blue mixture and uh, all this other crap. Don't, don't, I don't need it. So, Anyway, I was kind of annoyed, right? And I talked, I mentioned the Fluval Evo and how I have stock lighting. And his first response, again, this is somebody who's, this is somebody who you will encounter very often in this hobby. His first response was, "I don't know anybody who has stock lighting in that tank. I would go with a." Uh, <clears throat> I can't even remember what he said but he basically recommended a $400 light to me. He's like, "Well, I would go with this." And, and uh, I mean, I would definitely upgrade. I wouldn't use a stock lighting. He, first off, he knows almost nothing about the tank, right? He might might have read about it in passing. And then he recommended a light to me that costs almost four times as much as the tank itself. So, again, a lot of people in this hobby need to understand that folks who want to enjoy saltwater tanks in reef tanks, you know, they might not have a disposable income to spend hundreds or thousands of dollars on their aquarium. And that's fine. You know, but if you're put in that position as somebody who can <clears throat> give advice, right, or encourage somebody to be a part of the hobby, and that's the kind of response you give, and you make them feel stupid, or you make them feel spoken down to, it's going to discourage them from being a part of the hobby. And even if people, you know, start a tank and they, they kill a couple fish because they don't know what they're doing, right? So what? <clears throat> they're, they're They're trying. And as long as they're willing to listen and take advice from others, I don't see any harm in that. So <clears throat> long story short, that's how I started on YouTube. I decided to start the podcast because podcasting was a thing and it kind of caught on. I'm just looking at my Podbean. I host my my podcast on Podbean because it's fairly inexpensive, and I never, obviously, I posted once in the last year, so why am I going to spend a lot on podcast hosting? But in for all time, 17 episodes, I have almost 3,100 downloads. That doesn't include streams. So 3,100 downloads for me just talking to a mic blabbing on and on uh, i think it's pretty good so i felt like hey i want to stick with this i want to keep going do once a month Uh, i think i mentioned before that i'd like to do guests every now and then find other people you're gonna have to excuse me because i'm gonna be you know clear my throat a lot because i haven't talked this much in forever so hold on Uh, okay so anyway Uh, long story short I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it I'm gonna see where it goes I actually have some new equipment I don't know if you guys will be able to notice or not but I got a brand new microphone and it's fancy it's a USB mic but it's also uh, a mic that you can plug into like an amp and it has headphones that I can plug into it for instant feedback so I can hear what I sound like as I'm being recorded which is cool which I didn't have with the other microphone in the past so Hopefully the podcast sounds a little bit better. Uh, Go ahead and give me feedback. Let me know if I'm too loud or too soft or if I'm too far away from the mic or too close to the mic. I don't know. And um, we'll go from there. So on today's podcast, all right, let's talk about, uh, let's do random topic, random topic that I think can apply to most people. I'm going to tell you right now, this is completely random, but if you're listening to this on a phone or computer or whatever probably have a wireless router in your house (laughs) don't worry i'm not sick it's it's literally i have very sensitive like i have very sensitive vocal cords and if i talk for a long time they start to they start to like break up and i have to cough and everything so just try to ignore that and get through it but uh if anybody has a wireless router at home and you're noticing that your speeds your wireless connectivity is like fluctuating pretty bad or you have to reset your router once every couple days i'm going to tell you right now stop dealing with it stop putting up with it like i put up with that for a couple months and it led to people in my house complaining all the time like, oh, the internet's out again oh, our internet our house sucks right like so i i dealt with that for long enough and i should have just made the the jump right away As soon as my router started doing that because let's face it if your router's out of warranty this kind of tends to happen with routers over time is that their ability to transmit wirelessly gets flaky Uh, it didn't help because i had my wireless router in a cabinet i try to keep the door open most of the time but i feel like it was probably heating up and cooling down fairly often which wears on the components over time i think that's what happened I've had this current router for about two and a half years and it bit the dust. So I decided to look around and find a new router, but I didn't want to spend like a ton of money. I want to spend like $200 or $300 or $400. They have these, uh, you know, full home wireless router setups. I'm a tech guy. I'm an IT guy, but I'm also, like I said, just with my, like the same with my fish tanks applies to my IT. I'm like a reasonable tech guy. I want, I want nice, technology that works well but i don't need the top of the top i don't need the best of the best and i'm not looking at a google you know full home multi-access point mesh wireless router system for five six hundred bucks i'm not looking for that so after doing some searching and doing some uh reading of reviews i stumbled upon this uh tp link AX3000 wireless router it had really good reviews on Amazon. On Amazon it was $180, which is kind of a lot. And then I found that in the store in Walmart it's only 130. $50 off of Amazon's price, $50. So it was only 130 bucks. I was like, gosh, day, that's a good deal. I went the same day to Walmart and I picked it up because I thought it was like that's gonna sell i had a bunch of them so amazon's just charging more i guess so anyway if you need a new wireless router and you don't want to spend an arm and a leg this thing is really cool it's really nice it's easy to set up uh it's a wi-fi 6 which is the newest wi-fi technology it's supposed to like beam the signal directly to your device i don't know how much i buy and all that nonsense but Uh, It's supposed to beam the signal directly to your device. It's supposed to maintain your connection better than the previous iteration of routers. It's supposed to be faster. It's supposed to be more stable, all that good stuff. It can support more devices. So if you, you are like my house, you know, I have a phone. I have a desktop that is connected via wireless, unfortunately, because getting wired to all these rooms is really difficult. So I have a desktop. I have a phone. I have a tablet that I eh, I use every now and then, okay? Then I have an Xbox. My wife has a computer. Um, oh, excuse me. We got a computer for the kids uh, to do schoolwork on. Uh, they have a Chromebook. Uh, my, one, my stepson has a phone. Uh, my stepdaughter has uh, an iPod. They both have iPads. Like, it's just, there's a lot of devices connected. And with the older routers, it's just like all that wireless traffic floating around in the air. First off, can't be good for you, right? Who knows? Who knows what's gonna happen. I swear in 15 years from now, everybody's gonna have a big growth on their leg where their pocket is, from wearing their phone, in their pocket all the time. A lot of time I'll try to take my phone out and put it on the put on this the table or like get it away from me because subconsciously, I'm, I'm just thinking to myself, what is that doing? Like I had, a self, I had a cell phone when I was in college I had a flip phone when I was in college. And I would always put the phone underneath like the monitor when I was sitting there working, like writing papers or doing research. And I would know like a second before I would get a text message that I was getting a text message because I had a CRT computer monitor. A second before I would get the text message, the, ins, the 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 edges of the screen would kind of suck in just like an inch or two, like, whoomp. you know what I'm saying? You've seen that like on, on show, whoomp. it would kind of like the, the screen would kind of distort. And like, oh, I'm getting a text message. Sure enough, boom, text message. So obviously that signal, there's something there with that signal. So everybody's going to be walking around. yeah. I got a pocket growth, man. They're, they're testing it. Hopefully, it's uh, hopefully it's benign. Benign's good, right? Benign good. Malignant, malignant is bad. Benign's good. Yeah. Well, I got the pocket growth. Yeah. So did so did Greg, man. Yeah. Got the pocket growth. He says benign. Yeah, his is benign. Oh, thank God. Everybody's gonna have pocket growth. Some people are gonna have some people are gonna have butt growths. People put their pocket in their back phone. Or <laughs> people put their pocket. People put their phone in their back pocket. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. Anyway, just to wrap up this this router thing, this TP-Link AX3000 router is really cool. Uh, like I said, it's easy to set up, but the nice thing about it is if you have kids, it has these parental controls. And what you can do is you can assign these, you can assign devices that are connected to your router to your your kids. So, like, for example, my stepson. I have I have a couple of devices assigned to him. I have his iPad mini, which is kind of old. I have his cell phone, and I have his school iPad. He has an iPad for the high school that he goes to. So I have those three devices assigned to him. And what you can do is you can set up – you can do a couple things. One, you can set up a schedule on when those devices should be able to access the Internet. So one thing that is, like, really prevalent now is, like – cyberbullying and kids are always connected and they're always getting like bombarded with all this stuff and we do have some you know uh, parental controls in place on the devices but it's really hard to monitor them because they're so mobile and it's you know it's not like your kid's sitting at a computer in the middle of the living room and you can say like okay that's enough like go do something else right so the nice thing about it is you can set it a schedule to turn off the wi-fi just for those devices during certain time periods so like during a school night you can have them shut off at like say nine o'clock and on the weekend you can have them shut off and at say like 11 o'clock like that's the, that's when you need to wrap it up so that's cool and the second thing about it that's really neat is it allows you to do what's called insights so insights will show you the web site domains that those that person on those devices that are assigned to them, visited. So you can see like, oh, okay, they're watching YouTube. Oh, they're, okay, they're on TikTok or whatever. And then you can also see if there's sites in there that they shouldn't be going to. And you can see all of that from your router. You don't have to take their device and check it out. I mean, you can still do that, right? But you can see the domain. So that's the main website. You can't see like Google searches or anything like that. But you can see the main website that they've gone to on this router which is pretty cool. And it's if you're a parent and you're trying to help, you know, shield your kid from all of the crap that they can get to on the internet with these devices and all of the opportunities for other people to, you know, give them a hard time or uh like I said, bullying and all that stuff. If you want an opportunity to cut down on that, cut down on their screen time a little bit, like see what websites are actually going to how much time they're actually spending on them this router is really cool i'll put a link in the description on the youtube channel and um in the podcast i can't do that but gee yeah, just look it up tp link wireless router ax3000 130 dollars at walmart i want to say it's like 150 or 140 a target and 180 On uh, Amazon. Maybe it'll change by the time this comes out, but uh, that's what it is right now. So, anyway, yeah, if you're dealing with a crappy wireless router, which is a huge pain in the butt, just get rid of it. Get a new one. The new ones have really nice technology, and you'll be much happier. It'll be awesome. Okay. So, that was that. Let's move on to. So, I've already been talking. How long have I been talking? I've already been talking 22 minutes. I don't even bother with a half hour mark. I just want to keep it under an hour at this point because half hour just never happened. So I'm going to do, what are we going to do? Three more things. Oh, I got to do fish of the week. I have to do fish of the week. Let me look here. Okay, I need to pull up my my podcast. Where? Oh boy, wait a minute. I had a podcast. That ain't it. I don't like this. Where'd Where'd it go? Oh, podcast. There it is. I was keeping a log of the podcast because it's sometimes difficult to remember everything that I reviewed. Let's see. I know what I want my fish of the week to be, but I just want to make sure I haven't done that one yet. Ah, okay. I didn't. Okay, episode 18. Take some notes here. Ten twenty 25. All right, bear with me, guys. Bear with me. I know you guys are patient. You're the best. You're the freaking best. All right. Okay. Woo! All right. Okay. Made my notes. Okay. So we're going to do... Um, I'm going to give you a brief video game update, very brief, very brief video game update. I'm going to do my five movie reviews in five minutes or less. I'm going to talk about my fish tank topic of the week, the freaking topic of the week there. And then we're going to do fish of the week and we're going to wrap it up. So we're going to try to keep this podcast under about 40 minutes or so if I can. Okay. So let's do a video game update, uh, video game update. Um, I still multiplayer and primarily playing Fortnite and Apex Legends, which I was definitely not playing a year ago. Uh, If it were up to me, I probably would be done with Fortnite completely. I've been playing it long enough. It doesn't hold my interest anymore. Uh, Everybody that plays it is extremely good. So it's, uh, uh, it's one of those games where you have to try really hard. And I'm, I'm playing games to relax and take it easy. So Fortnite, I'm basically done with. My my best friend loves that game still. So I'll play it with him just because that's what good friends do. Know what I'm saying? So uh, I'll play with him. But other than that, I never play it by myself anymore. So Fortnite for me is kind of over the hill, done and gone. I moved on to Apex Legends, which I really appreciate because I hated the randomness of the gunplay in fortnite and in apex legends it's much more like you hit what you are aiming at which is awesome So I I am enjoying that game quite a lot. I play that, I would say, as a multiplayer game more than anything else right now. And then in terms of single-player games, I actually just picked up Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, an older Call of Duty game, because I just felt like playing a Call of Duty campaign. I don't know why. So um, I started that last night, actually, and I'm two levels into it, and I like it so far, which is good. And then... Uh the other game that I've started playing is New Super Lucky's Tale. <laughs> it sounds like a kid game and it kind of is, but that's fine. It's a platformer. It's on Xbox Game Pass so I'm playing it for free and it's actually pretty fun. It's like it's an enjoyable like relaxing game that you can easily make progress in. There's a little bit of thought and pu- puzzle solving and invo- puzzle solving involved, but not like too much uh so that's a fun game oh and by the way i'm also playing overcooked 2 with my friend every now and then when we get a chance and overcooked 2 is great i love the first overcooked i played it with my kids uh got a little bit tougher for them in later levels but overall the game is a lot of fun and if you've never played either of the overcooked games i would recommend either of them especially if you can play with someone like in person like couch co-op you can sit next to somebody and play a game and like communicate and laugh and and uh, struggle together and overcome uh, some of the more challenging levels, but that is what I'm doing for my video games lately. So there's that update. And now we're going to move on to the five movie reviews in five minutes or less. These are all going to be horror films, um, because it's October, and I'm going to start with the most. Now, some of these I've watched more than once, so it's not like I this was the first time watching them. Um, and most of them are PG-13 because we've been watching scary movies with the kids this year which is which is fun. They're getting into scary movies, but they're not, you know, quite old enough for R-rated movies, so we stick to PG-13 except for one of the movies on the list which is rated R but it's pretty tame for an R-rated movie. Okay, so uh most recently we did not watch this one with the kids most recently my wife and i watched the exorcism of emily rose came out in 2005 it's basically a courtroom drama mixed with a horror film it's the retelling of emily rose's story spoiler alert you find out very early in the movie that emily rose died after the exorcism was performed like not right away but days later weeks later she died and the entire film is based on if the priest should be held accountable for her death. So it's like a courtroom drama. And as the courtroom uh, story unfolds, it does flashbacks to what happened during the exorcism. And uh, it's pretty creepy. It's a pretty scary movie. We try to avoid like religious-themed horror films with the kids So that's why we didn't watch this one with them. Although it is PG 13, it's pretty creepy, and there's a lot of religious elements to it. But my wife and I both gave it a B plus. So it's a pretty good film. If you like scary movies, if you like exorcism movies, it's good. It's got some really creepy scenes. There's this one scene where um, where the girls like counting to six. She said one, two, three, four, five, six, one, like over and over again. It's like it's just like scratching at the walls and it's really, really pretty. uh, It's pretty creepy. all right uh up next is the messengers this is a scary movie it came out in 2007 um this has kristen stewart from the from twilight fame uh in a, in a nutshell it's about a family who moves to a rural community they move into a creepy house uh there's some sketchy areas in the house there's some weird happenings with birds and stuff outside you, you get the idea. It's something we've kind of seen before. But the one thing that I really liked about the movie is there's kind of a twist near the end that is something unexpected. And it turns this supernatural element of the movie into a very real physical threat in the movie. So I liked it. I gave it a B plus, not quite a, but it's a pretty solid horror movie. Okay. Up next is Cujo. This is the movie that was rated R. Uh, it actually came out in 1983, so we looked at uh, some of the, you know, parental content things, and it seemed okay um, for our kids. It wasn't too. It wasn't anything too gory, and there weren't, weren't any too many, you know, too many questionable scenes or anything like that. Uh, interesting movie it's based on a stephen king novel of the same name i believe and it's essentially all about a in the movie it's a saint bernard i don't know about the book but it's about a saint bernard that contracts rabies and is rabid and is basically killing people um so it's different because there are no there's no supernatural element there's no mysterious element you know exactly what's going on it's just the fact that this dog is so violent and aggressive and it could happen in real life too that makes it pretty scary um so i thought it was okay Uh, i'm used to a little more flash a little more i don't know uh i didn't think the acting was all that great at times um, I actually gave it a C plus. It would kind of be worth watching if you're a Stephen King fan, but otherwise, I don't know if I could necessarily recommend that one. Okay, uh the last two. The next one is Haunting in Connecticut. It came out in 2009. It's another one of those, you know, haunted house type type uh, movies. I thought it was pretty good. The whole family liked it. It's not an A movie. I gave it a B. I think i'm having my kids rate movies now and my wife has always rated movies she gave it a b also and the kids gave it a b minus and a b plus so you average that all together and it's a b right um but uh this one is essentially about you know a family that moves to a house because the son has cancer and he needs to be closer to the hospital where he's receiving treatment so that part is all already kind of sad and um There can be some disturbing pieces that go along with that. But like, you know, they find out after moving into this house that some weird things are happening. Only the son is seeing it. They attribute a lot of it to his treatment, which is not true. He's actually seeing things happen. And they later find that the house used to be a funeral home. So, you know, you know how that goes. Um, Funeral home, house, bunch of, you know, unfinished business per se, and then you've whatever right so kind of a creepy movie there were some really weird special effects in it that i thought kind of took it down a notch um i can't really describe why it's not an a movie i just i guess i wasn't as compelled by it as i am some other movies so i gave it a b so there you go and then the last movie is one you may probably not have heard of may probably not probably not have heard of am i saying this right i don't know what i'm saying uh it is called the fourth kind came out in 2009. <sighs> this movie, when I first saw this movie, this movie really creeped me out. So, I'm going to all I'm going to say is go into this movie blind. Don't read anything about it. Take it for what it is. It's a like a found footage type movie. And gosh dang, is it creepy. And there's like an element of possession here and an element of, like, alien, right? Alien abduction, uh, unknown creature. I don't know. It's very weird. Uh, it's all about a psychologist who moves to Nome, Alaska, and many of our patients are starting to experience these same type of symptoms, and these, they're seeing things, and they're having visions, and it's really creepy. And... It's something that I definitely think if you're a horror fan, you should check out. It's called The Fourth Kind. came out in 2009. Don't read anything uh, about it ahead of time. I gave it an A-, which is pretty good. So check that movie out. All right. So we got the movie reviews out of the way. Let's move to our fish tank topic of the week. I'm sitting at 34 minutes. I'm going to try to keep this kind of brief, even though this is a fish tank podcast. I talked a lot about fish tank stuff at the beginning, and I actually didn't give you guys an update on my own tanks. So I'll have to save that for the next podcast. The summary is my tanks are doing okay. Um, yeah. All right, so, um... Today, I'm just going to talk about a brand new tank that's coming out. I think it just was announced maybe a week ago. It is called the Fluval Roma. It's a very interesting type tank. These are freshwater tanks. Okay. And they come in different sizes, which is neat. And it was touted as a Bluetooth aquarium, which is an interesting way to market it consider only the lighting is related to Bluetooth. Uh, The rest of it is not, but they kind of marketed it as a Bluetooth aquarium. It's not. So uh, I'm just going to read you a little bit about the Fluval Roma. This might be something you would consider for your tank at home if you're looking for a freshwater tank. These are primarily geared towards freshwater rather than saltwater. So this is straight from fluvalaquatics.com. I'm just going to read you about it and then give you my thoughts, and then we'll move on to the fish of the week. All right. So, it says, with clean lines and a contemporary design, the popular Roma Aquarium series offers beautiful aesthetics and functionality for today's modern fish keeper. They now feature energy-efficient LED lighting. Well, uh, daylight dollars short on those, right? They, They now feature, okay, including a bright daylight spectrum to help support plant growth and enhance fish colors, The line also comes equipped with a powerful filter and reliable heater. All right. So, excuse me. I sometimes yawn when I read out loud. I don't know why. Aroma Aquariums have a matching cabinet. These coordinating stands are available in three stunning colors to complement any decor. DECOR! And offer a space-saving design with ample storage to hide accessories. I like that. An internal shelf provides plenty of space to hold a canister filter, while soft-closed doors minimize vibrations and reduce stress to your fish. Dang, gosh dang, they're getting serious now. They're worried about the doors minimizing vibrations and reducing stress. Okay. Boy. I mean like don't have your aquarium like near your t v anything god forbid your fish might explode all right so um these are available in multiple sizes the fluval roma aquariums are are available in four convenient sizes to fit any fit any space ninety liters one twenty five liters two hundred liters and two forty liters liters huh man uh <laughs> liters sorry i'm i'm a moron here when it comes to metric stuff liters to gallons so let's see 90 liter 90 liter is 23 gallons so they have a 23 gallon a 33 gallon a 52 gallon and a 63 gallon initially i thought those were gallons i was like gosh it starts at 90 gallons my goodness all right Okay, integrated LED lighting, depending on the model you choose. Roma Aquariums come equipped with 7.5 to 14.5 watt LED lighting, featuring a bright daylight spectrum to support plant growth and enhance fish colors to truly transform your aquarium. Okay, that's cool. Integrated heating. Roma Aquariums include a premium Italian-made Fluval M-Series heater featuring an alter. Okay, so it comes with a Fluval heater. All right. Powerful filtration. All Fluval Roma Aquariums include a powerful Fluval filter. So it looks like... So you got the smaller tanks have a Fluval U-series, adjustable three-way flow, easy media access. Is this like a type of canister? I don't really know. And then the largest one has a Fluval 106 filter, which is definitely a canister filter. Okay. So let's see. There's an add on called Aqua Sky. As an additional lighting option for Aroma, the Fluval Aqua Sky offered, offers endless color blends, pairing super bright white LEDs with tri colored LEDs. This powerful combination provides an adjustable light spectrum, oh boy, which can replicate several natural environments and create stunning visual effects such as cloud cover, fading lunar, storm, and lightning. You know what's interesting about that is that I've seen a lot of lights that have these features like you know make it like there's a thunderstorm or there's lightning or if it, it, does anybody ever use those beyond like when you show somebody the light and you go oh look what it could do right and you show the you show the lightning happening like do you, does anybody ever use that other than for demo purposes cuz i feel that that's what that's for for demo purposes i don't know if i'd use it for anything else so oh. It's interesting all right compare the models let's see hmm they've got two models here oh those models just okay how much are these how much are these that'll, that'll give me a better idea to in terms of what i would what i would say about these tanks how much do these run Live Aquaria. Hmm. Let's see. Aquarium Depot has the largest one for five hundred, which is a sixty three gallon tank. Um <clears throat> what's this eBay? eBay Fluvo Roma. Oh, okay. Let's do aquarium and cabinet. The 90. Oh. The smallest one with the aquarium and the cabinet is 500, approximately 500 bucks. The biggest one is 750. No way. Is anybody actually selling this yet? I don't know if anybody's actually selling it. I think it's that new. Live Aquaria is selling the biggest one with a stand for f- almost fourteen, dollars Well, th- basically a little over $1,300. Wow. Man. I don't know. Well, okay. I think that... Uh, <laughs> Oh man, I think that if you want everything to be pre-done for you and you want it to be really sleek and modern and everything, then yeah, maybe this would be worth it. But uh, gosh dang, this is kind of expensive, especially for that 90 liter one, which is basically a 20 gallon tank. You can get a 20 gallon tank with a nice stand for way less than $400, 450 That's before you even put anything in it. Does come with the heating though, which is nice and uh, interesting. Interesting. I don't know. Um, is anybody out there considering buying one of these? If so, I'd be really interested to see what model you're buying and if you're buying the cabinet with it. Because I don't know if this is really worth it. There's a video here, but you guys can't, you guys can't see it, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna watch that right now but I really like Fluval. don't get me wrong uh, I really love my Fluval Evo 13 and a half I, I kind of liked the the other Fluval Evo that I had the smaller one it was a little too small for how much I could keep up with it but like I feel like it was a quality product and you know a lot of people would say this 13 and a half gallon tank it's like 150 And they could, you know, people will say like, oh, you could get that for a lot cheaper, you know, if you just buy the tank. But the nice thing about this is it is an all-in-one. It has a custom hood that fits perfectly. The light fits into the hood. It's got a rear chamber. This, as far as I can tell, this Roma does not have a rear chamber. This is just an aquarium. It's just a glass aquarium. So it's kind of interesting. All right. So anyway... There's uh, Fluval Roma. That's our fish tank topic of the week. Sorry, I don't have more to say about it, but there's just not really too that much to it. I'm just surprised that it's going to cost that much for what you're getting. Sixty-three gallon. Let me see how much a. Let me see how much a sixty-gallon fish tank is. Sixty-gallon fish tank. Oh, I mean, I but 60 gallons 60 gallons the largest one okay 60 gallons the largest one and i see it ranging in price so maybe we need to revisit this when we know how much this thing is actually going to cost but i'm looking at an Aquion 65 gallon led aquarium and it is 350 it's got a nice cabinet with it too it's 350 so it doesn't come with the heater, right? It doesn't come with the, the filter. But you, you're not going to spend that much on a heater. You're not going to spend hundreds of dollars on a heater and a filter. So, I don't know, Fluval. We're going to have to see what you come up with in terms of the price point of this thing before I can really give the A O K on this guy. All right. Okay. Let's wrap this up here. It's been a solid 40, 45. Gosh, dang it. Hey, it's my first cat, first podcast back in a long time. I'm a little rusty. I'm a little rusty. All right, so this week's fish of the week is one of my favorite fish of all time. I have it in the Fluvo Evo, and it hasn't died yet. I'm going to give it some time, but it hasn't died yet. This is the Diamond Watchman Goby. This thing is nice. It's a very pretty fish. Care level, easy. Temperament, peaceful. Color form, orange, white, diet, carnivore, reef, compatible, yes. Max size, 6 inches. Minimum tank size, 30. 30? Eww. I have it in a 13 Mine's kind of small, though. All right, let's do the overview. The Diamond Watchman Gobi is also commonly referred to as the Pretty Pond, Maiden, Orange Spotted Diamond, Orange Dashed, or Orange Spotted Sleeper goby. It was first discovered in uh, okay. The head and the body are white with orange spots. It is a very timid fish that makes a great addition to the reef tank because of its longevity. I don't know if I agree with that. It should be housed in a 30-gallon or larger aquarium with live sand and an attached populated refugium. The Diamond Watchman Gobi uses shallow burrows in the substrate as refuge, keeping the substrate well oxygenated. It rarely becomes aggressive towards other fish, but is territorial and will fight with its own kind unless they are mated pairs diamond watchman goby feeds off the bottom as it sifts through sand diet should include a variety of live and frozen brine shrimp mice shrimp live blackworms and prepared food for carnivores it should be fed frequently now that last sentence is the only thing i'm concerned about i don't feed it more than once a day and sometimes i don't feed it every day so i hope that i can keep it for quite a while longer i hope he hangs on he survives i'm trying to get better at feeding multiple times a day but i'm not all that great at it now I'm going to do a couple fish testimonials, and then I'm going to give you guys my opinion on it before I wrap it up here. All right. This guy's name is David C. He says, this fish is attractive and also very funny to watch. He will be active all day long, easy to keep, and keeps the sand stirred and clean better than any crab. Only problem I had was his mounds became very large, and he began using my live crab shells to keep it together. Just watch if the shells he uses berries have tenants in them. Candy says, this is a very busy fish. He is constantly moving piles of sand, hither and yon. Can be shy at times, but rapidly adapts to aquarium life. Not a picky eater. Let's listen to Sarah C. from Texas. I love this fish. It is fun to watch and has a lot of character. All right. Hey, Isaac from Brooklyn. Hey, the Watchman Gamaendomie is a very hyper fish. It digs into the sand and other live rocks, cleans the aquarium decorations, builds tunnels, moves sand and to and from anywhere, etc. He's a very enjoyable fish that I recommend. All right. Okay, so basically, all these reviews are very positive. Uh, the one thing that this thing failed to mention was the fact that he's a freaking jumper. These fish, I I call these fish that I'm. Coming up with right now, I call these kamikaze fish because I've tried to keep them before. And if you have any opening, any opening at all in the lid of your aquarium, that fish is going to jump out of it and kill itself. I guarantee it 100%. This is the first Diamond Watchman Gobi that I've been able to keep for more than two weeks because every other Diamond Watchman Gobi I had jumped out of the tank and killed itself. So, <laughs> okay, I picked that as my fish of the week, huh? so The suicidal fish. Uh, so even though, even though, it it does that, it one hundred percent does that, and will likely do that if you get one. It will try to jump out of your tank. Despite that, it is an amazing fish. It's really pretty. It has a lot of personality. It moves stuff around your tank. The only negative is that I always have floaties in my water because he's sifting constantly sifting sand through his gills and it causes it to be stirred up and it's kind of in the water column all the time. But he's a really cool fish. I really recommend him. If you have a nice snug lid on your aquarium, you won't have any problems. But if you have any gaps anywhere, even if you don't think he is big enough to get through those gaps, he will find a way to starve himself of a, of oxygen of water you know oxygen gets through the water oh you get plenty of oxygen on the ground outside your tank uh but that's not the kind of oxygen he needs so um yeah if you get one just be weary of that so okay once again i'm the fish tank guy thank you so much for checking out the podcast this week uh like i said i'm going to try to do this once a month i really appreciate you guys uh, staying tuned all five of you who listen to the podcast thank you so much please feel free to share this podcast with other people that uh, you know in the fish hobby if there's anybody you'd like to see me do a podcast with if it, you know if there's a guest if there's somebody you follow on youtube if there's an up-and-comer that you know you want to promote a little bit and you want me to do a podcast episode with them please let me know i'd be more than happy to do that. i think it would make it a lot of fun And uh, yeah, so uh, if you haven't checked out my YouTube channel, please do that also. Look, enough with the plugs, enough with the plugs. And I know this week I wasn't very funny, I wasn't very animated, but that's just because I'm getting back into it. So next month, I promise you guys, I'm going to bring the funny a little bit more. We're going to have a little bit more fun. It's going to be a little bit more relaxed, you know what I'm saying. And uh, we're going to talk about anything and everything fish-related here on the Fish Tank guy podcast so thank you guys so much i hope you have a good week stay safe out there and i will see you in a month